Welcome to the Be Electric Podcast, the show highlighting organizations and nonprofits doing good right here in West Michigan. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Garrett Vierink. I'm with Beist Electric here, the marketing director on the Be Electric podcast. And today we're with Ryan Walkus of Bridge Street Ministry. Welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Thank you for uh, for joining us today. And um, just kind of start, tell our audience a little bit about uh, what you do and uh, who you're with. Yeah, for sure. So uh, yeah, Bridge Street Ministries is a ministry that I have the honor of directing. Uh, also one of the co-founders. So urban Christ-centered organization over in the west side of Grand Rapids um, in in one of the more under-resourced parts of the west side of Grand Rapids. So organization that that really focuses on youth work, both uh, youth work with kids in the neighborhood, as well as uh, we do a lot of work actually bringing youth from outside of the city to come and learn and serve with us in the city. Okay. And how long have you guys been around or how long have you been on the West side? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, the starting point was 14 and a half years ago. Oh, wow. And that's when myself and a small group of young folks moved into the neighborhood. Okay. And how, how did it start? You know, how did you, how did you end up on the West side? And, um, yeah, tell me a little bit about that story. Yeah. Yeah. So the path to where we are today is pretty, Pretty non-standard, pretty non-linear path. Okay. So uh, our organization, which we'll tell you a little bit more about, was not intended to be 15 years ago. So uh, we're a, a Christian faith-based organization. And uh, 15 years ago, there's a small group of us that were in a house church together and simply wanted to live in a really intentional way together and share life together and do that in a neighborhood. And um, that landed us in the west side of Grand Rapids. Again, not uh, not to start a ministry per se, but simply to be present in a neighborhood. Okay. And uh, that was the beginning of it. I was an engineer at that point in my life. So my previous mm-hmm. life was civil engineering. So right. I went to Calvin College, got a civil engineering degree. And when I moved into the neighborhood, was an engineer at that point. And uh, just being intentional and building relationships in a neighborhood, uh, Things grew very naturally and organically from there into a pretty well-established and uh, I think a pretty influential ministry in the West Side of Grand Rapids now. You go to Calvin College, you're a civil engineer, great degree, you know, probably make some, a decent amount of money. Mm-hmm. What, uh, you know, you said that it's a nonlinear path, but was there a, a day that just kind of a light bulb went off or was it a more gradual process? Yeah, it was pretty gradual. Okay. Um, you know, there was a, definitely a movement toward, again, just community living with this house church that we were part of. And then that led us into a neighborhood. And then uh, just being part of the neighborhood, we started a couple of things out of our home. You know, kids ministries, just really uh, all volunteer, just kids in the neighborhood. And um, that led to one thing, one thing led to another and then I got laid off from my engineering job back in 2009. Okay. So at that point, uh, took a step of faith to move into full-time ministry. And our, our work had, had begun. We started a coffee shop at that point, which we still do today. And um, things had started growing to a point where I thought we could do full-time ministry. And um, so I made a shift back in 2009 to leave the engineering field and go into full-time nonprofit ministry. 
Wow. Tell me a little bit about uh, the coffee shop. It was the bee shop or it was the pavilion. Is it still the pavilion? Pavilion. So, okay. Uh, yeah. A lot of people uh, have known us as the bee shop, Bridge Street Prayer, now Bridge Street Ministries. Okay. Uh, Bridge Street Ministries is the umbrella. All right. Uh, and then we have several moving parts underneath that. So the pavilion okay. is one of those. Yeah. The pavilion is the first thing we ever did as a ministry. So it's a free coffee shop that operates largely just as a neighborhood center, just a drop-in center for some of the more marginalized people in our community. So it's open noon to five, Monday through Friday. We've been doing this for probably 12 years now. Oh, wow. Um, Again, we're a, you know, we're a faith-based organization, a Christ-centered organization, and that's all part of our story. Uh, we did this simply, I just felt called of God to do it and um, felt part of that calling was to do it for free and without knowing where the coffee was going to come from. And uh, we've been doing this for 12 years now. And uh, man, God has been faithful to provide coffee for this thing for 12 years. We have never paid for coffee. We've never solicited coffee and we've never run out of coffee in 12 years. And it was just, it was a step of obedience for us. We talk a right. lot about obedient faith and it was just a step of obedient faith. I didn't grow up with this. This was not my native language. Okay. okay. So this is not a native tongue for me. Sure. Uh, but we just felt called of God to do this, um, this free coffee shop. And um, yeah, we've been doing this for about 12 years now okay. and it's, it's a beautiful space. Uh, I would invite any of your listeners to come and visit us any any day, Monday through Friday in the afternoons, and you'll find a beautiful community of people that uh, are, are are some of the more marginalized folks in society, and yet, uh, man, they're passionate, they're uh, beautiful, they have stories, they have hopes, they have dreams, um, and it's a, a beautiful place where community has formed and uh it's all volunteer led so we have about 30 volunteers on any given uh semester we kind of run on a semester basis okay and we've got about 30 volunteers and uh, any given day nowadays uh it's hard to tell who are volunteers and who are neighbors because it's just such a great community of people that come in there that's great so where uh where can people come visit where's where's the pavilion located yeah 1056 bridge street so okay. corner of bridge and marion Right, right across the street from Lincoln Park in the west side. Okay. So tell me a little bit about um, the pavilion. You, We had talked previously about how that's growing into a, a newer space or a, mm -hmm. a new building. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about, uh, I guess, what's coming in, in that process. Yeah. Yeah, so our, our um, work in the pavilion has moved us into a lot of things. We've started an after-school program for local students uh, at the local middle school. A great school with, that just faces immense challenges. And so we've started an after-school program for uh, students at Westwood Middle School. That program's really grown. That's really grown out of the relationships of students that used to come into the coffee shop after school. Mm -hmm. And we started a program uh, for them, an after-school program. Uh, we've got a summer program that we run with high school students. We have a bridge year program that we run. All of these programs are growing and we've kind of outgrown space. Okay. Now, uh, on the other side of the block from where the pavilion is, there's an old building. It's a, It used to be a liquor store and an adult novelty store and a bit of a chaotic place in our neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, some residential units that have uh, just, yeah, just welcomed in all kinds of just chaos and mm. um, unwanted activity in the neighborhood. We had the opportunity to purchase this building back in December. 
Okay. And we're converting it into a youth center. Wow. Congratulations. So, uh, yeah. So 6,700 square feet and uh, moving our offices over there and okay. turning what used to be a, a real chaotic place in the neighborhood into something beautiful that will really invest in the youth of our community. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. It's, it's good to see, you know, steps happening, right? And it's easy to say, oh, wow, you know, this, this is what it was. This is what it's becoming, you know, went from A to B, but in that process, it's been 12, 14 years in the making, right? Yeah. It's if, if people, you know, that are listening think, hey, we can do this tomorrow. You know, this is, uh, you, know, Bridge Street, you know, Bridge Street Ministries is doing this. We can do it. I guess, tell me a little bit about, talk to me a little bit about the process. You know, you talked, yeah. to, you talked to me before about that and talk to me about the process of, of sacrifice and yeah. of, of dedication. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, we got a lot of great stories to tell, uh, man, great stories, lives being transformed and God's provision and just some really great stories. In between those stories is a long time, a lot, a lot of daily faithfulness we talk about. Uh, we live in the neighborhood, so I'm raising my family in the neighborhood. About half of my staff all lives in the neighborhood. So behind the organization and the ministry are people that are, have been present in the neighborhood for 14 years, uh, going on 15 years. And uh, yeah, urban ministry is, is not easy. Uh, it's fun to stand on platforms and tell stories. But when I leave that platform, I go home mm. and live in the neighborhood uh, with friends and with neighbors. And uh, we've committed to entering into the life of our neighbors. And so um, while we have lots of good stories to tell, we also have lots of stories of struggle. Mm. Uh, and when, when, when you're committed to being present with neighbors, especially among the urban poor, um, there's a lot of sacrifice and a lot of burden that goes along with that. And so we've got a great team that enters into that burden with neighbors, enters into that struggle with neighbors and walks with neighbors into hopefully into wholeness and restoration. Hmm. Between those victories and between those, you know, those successes, you, you mentioned struggles. Talk hmm. to me a little bit about that. What's you've been on the West side for what you said, 14 years. Yeah. And it still has struggles. Grand Rapids is still struggling in certain ways. Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about those. Yeah, so many great things to celebrate in Grand Rapids. Uh, it seems like every week we have a new top 10 list of something great that Grand Rapids is on. Um, and yet underneath the veneer, and it's not always a veneer, there's some really great things to celebrate, but there's also untold stories. The West Side is one of those. So there's a lot of great things that have happened in the West Side, especially in the last five years. Some really great development, um, literally hundreds of millions of dollars of development that's happened that have afforded some really great opportunities for people. Just beyond the shadow of really beautiful buildings and new businesses is still a demographic of people that experience, yeah, the crippling effects of poverty every day. So in the neighborhood that we, when we talk about the West Side, we're talking about about, about a two square mile area. For those of your listeners that are familiar with the geography of uh, Grand Rapids, we're talking about the hill by John Ball to the river and then kind of Richmond to the north, Butterworth to the south. About There's about 20,000 uh, 20, people that live in those two square miles and um, about a third of those people still live at or below the poverty line. Wow. So especially if you go west of Stocking, again, your listeners that live in Grand Rapids will know what that means. 
Um, west of Stocking is still a community of people that uh, a large number of them still are struggling with economic hardship and social hardship and isolation. And um, those are the people that we live with and live among. And those are the untold stories. And so uh, we were just talking in our team meeting this week. We do a lot. We work directly with Westwood Middle School and uh, Westwood Middle School right now, 325 students on average, 25 families struggling with homelessness uh, in one school. So trying to figure out how do, you, how do you educate homeless kids when you don't know where they're living or where they will be living. Right. So those are the kind of struggles. Um, high level of unemployment. There's a lot of gang activity, um, a lot of drug use. Um, limited mobility, which makes employment a challenge. Yeah. Uh, and then the hard life of poverty causes lots of health problems. So we okay. have, you know, we... Um, in the last couple of years, we've had a lot of neighbors die of old age at the age of 65. Uh, so it's a pretty common story in our community. So, and this isn't true for everybody, right? but these are real stories that are very prevalent in our part of the community. It's one of those things, it's it's not easy to talk about. Maybe it's not uh, it's it's not fun or, or glamorous, but it is happening here. Mm -hmm. um, when you had mentioned that this is happening in those you said two square miles. It's not a lot of space. It's it's focused or it's uh, highly populated or dense. Mm -hmm. You are mentioning a little bit and kind of teasing at the fact of education is a big component of some of these issues. Mm -hmm. And Bridge Street Ministries is trying to take steps in that education field. Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about what you're doing in relation to education for your community and for the people you live with. Yeah. Yeah. I would say even, I think, um, beyond just education, we just believe that the youth of our community are the future leaders of our community. So we think that if, if we want to trans, if we want to see sustainable transformation of our community, we need to disciple young people. So we have a holistic understanding and model of discipleship, which inc includes academic support. So the access to quality education is limited and challenging. And um, so I say this, we, we work uh, very closely with Westwood Middle School and they have great staff, great leadership up there doing great work, but they face immense challenges, immense challenges as a school, as an institution, the families face uh challenges geographically, demographically, economically. Um, and so we believe that if these students are going to succeed and become the next leaders of our community, they need a good education. Okay. So we're helping. We, we run an after-school program. It is the only after-school program currently in operation at Westwood Middle School. Uh, we kind of have a three-fold approach. We're working to support the spiritual success of students. So okay. As followers of Jesus, we think that's an important part of a young person's overall development and growth. And we believe that's hope. We believe the message of Jesus is one of hope, especially for the poor. Right. Jesus says this, right? Like his mm -hmm. kingdom is, is hope for the poor. And so we, we work to support them spiritually. We're connected to a local church. We can get them connected. Um, we also work uh, to support them academically. So we really want to see the academic success of these students so that they can go and succeed in high school and then in college and get a good education, get a good stable job, 
and then reinvest in our community. Right. Also working to support them socially. So uh, what do we mean by that? We're talking about getting them to think well about themselves and interact in healthy ways with each other. Mm. And so just trying to, we've got some programming that we uh, call Resurgence. Okay. So it's a, a program four days a week where we have learning labs, extracurricular activities, where we've got academic support, social support, um, spiritual support, all built into this with some very structured uh, extracurricular activities for young people. Talk to me a little bit. You know, you said the first point is, you know, spiritual support and spiritual growth. Mm -hmm. You had mentioned that a majority of, I guess, taking a step back, when you think of West Michigan, you think of everyone knows who Jesus is. Everyone is a Christian. We live in just a very Christian-filled neighborhood. When we had previously spoke, we, I kind of learned that that's maybe not the case. Talk to me a little bit about the West Side and the spiritual understanding there. Mm -hmm. One of the untold stories of the West Side is, is the most unchurched area of West Michigan. So uh, we live in a city where you can go to areas where there's churches on almost every street corner. And uh, that's simply not true in the West Side, um, partly due to the historic uh, trends of the West Side and the way the West Side has progressed or regressed. Um, but there is not a strong church presence uh, in the West Side. So, uh, meaning uh, there are not a lot of local congregations that are actively engaging the community. There aren't a lot of church buildings. Um, and comparative to other areas of the city, there's not a large number of believers, followers of Jesus that are living incarnationally in the neighborhood and engaging that neighborhood. Mm -hmm. uh, again, I don't say this. There are pockets and there's some great people doing great work. Right. And this is not in any way to puff ourselves up. It's just an honest assessment of yep. the West Side. And what we're finding is uh, we did some surveying of students this year. Um, we found about 30% of them have no knowledge of the gospel. So okay. never... They've heard the name of Jesus, but they don't know what that means. They don't okay. know the story of Jesus. Um, so, and, and we're finding that number. And and in my networks with other uh, urban ministries, this seems to be a trend in inner cities um, in general. Is there is, um, yeah, there's a growing um, a growing trend of unchurched youth in the inner cities of America. Okay. You, we, we talked a little bit about the, you know, the spiritual side. You kind of mentioned the social side of how uh, kids are interacting with each other. And then you mentioned education of after school programs called Resurgence. I know that all of those are kind of in Resurgence. Yep. But tell me a little bit more about Resurgence. Tell me a little bit about uh, some of the great things that you're doing with that program. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really fun. We try to connect. So we try to connect uh, youth from our neighborhood with other opportunities and and assets in our neighborhood and let experts lead these extracurricular labs. Here's what I mean by that. Um, this last marking period, we did a, um, a healthy cooking lab, uh, partnered with MSU Extension. They have a healthy mobile kitchen. They come in and they teach kids about healthy eating habits and then kids do hands-on cooking uh, every single week. Oh, cool. So they get to get hands on with food, cook healthy meals. And then we had a big cook off 
So, so not, so, so giving them real opportunities, hands-on experiences, but then celebrating them. The more we can celebrate our youth, um, a lot of the kids in our neighborhood, they, they wake up with three strikes against them every Mm -hmm. single day. And so the more we can celebrate them, uh, at the end of every lab, uh, every five or six week lab, we give certificates and we do celebrations and just to celebrate small successes in their life. Okay. Uh, so the more we can celebrate young people and then connect them to other local businesses, colleges, institutions. So we're running a lab right now with John Ball Zoo and uh, they've designed this learning lab just for resurgence for our program where right. students every week have the opportunity to go to the zoo, visit the animals, and they're doing these uh, zoo exhibit design experiments. Okay. Uh, a lot of these students from the West Side didn't know that the zoo existed in the West Side. Really? So just getting them into these opportunities that they wouldn't otherwise have the opportunity to do, okay. seeing the neighbor as a place where they can invest in. So for a lot of youth in our neighborhood, especially uh, among the urban poor, a neighborhood is often a place they want to escape. Mm. Uh, and what we really want to do is invest in the youth and help them see the neighborhood as a place where they can thrive and invest in and be a part of the transformation. So that's what we're trying to do with these learning labs is not only invest in them holistically, but also give them opportunities to see our neighborhood as a place where they can contribute to and thrive and um, not just try to escape from. So for for our audience and for for those listening when you talk about those after-school programs, they're five to six weeks. Yep. I guess talk to me a little bit about how those churches or how those businesses can get involved. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of different ways. Um, we're regularly looking for new lab opportunities. If there's people that have a skill set that they can help us create a, a six, five, five to eight-week learning lab, okay. hands-on, you know, one hour once a week where we can engage, uh, usually a lab size is about 15 students. Okay. Um, so if there's business owners or uh, experts, uh, maybe somebody has a dance studio or an artist, we do each uh, each marking period, we try to do one lab focused on the arts, one lab focused on some sort of STEM activity, science, technology, um, engineering or math, and then one kind of outdoor activity or sports focused activity. So if there's somebody that has a passion for urban youth sports and wants to come and do some sort of sports lab, that's an an opportunity that somebody could get involved. Um, We're also right now trying to recruit mentors. So we have a goal right now to get 100 students at Westwood Middle School involved in small group mentoring, weekly small group mentoring. What does that look like? Yeah, so we're still designing the program right now and recruiting okay. mentors. Um, but the vision is to have a two or three to one ratio with a mentor to students um, and, and mentors that would come and maybe they would be a part of the lab with students and then meet with them afterward. Mm-hmm. It'll be after school mentoring offsite um, at our location. Uh, and meeting with the students once a week, we're gonna we're working on developing the curriculum um, and the training for mentors. But people largely beyond curriculum and programming, that's not what changes young people's lives. It's the relationships. Mm. So looking for people that will just commit to being in a relationship with a young person for our neighborhood once a week, just showing up once a week, spending an hour or two with these kids. And that's I guess that ties back into 
you know, the victory versus the sacrifice. Everyone yep. wants to, to be the mentor that is that, that child remembers for a long time, but maybe the, the sacrifice or the sacrificial love of that side is once a week, right? For years. Yeah. Or for, for an extended period of time, whatever, maybe our listeners want to be able to involve or, yeah. or invest. Um, is there, is there a process for for people to sign up to be a mentor? Could that be on your website? Yeah, again, we're developing the model right now. Okay. We're hoping um, we kind of have this goal of after the new year, okay, launching this. Um, there's some pro, some staffing developments that we've got to make as well. Um, right now, they could they could just shoot an email info at bsmgr Bridge Street Ministries, bsmgr.org. Okay, and we can get that to the right person. Perfect. Um, or you can on our website, bsmgr.org, uh, there's a link for more info. They could, they could, uh, send some, send an email there and we can get them connected to the right place. But, uh, we have to, we're, we're still developing the platform to recruit those members okay. properly. So we, we talked a little bit about faith and we talked a little bit about how, uh, Christ is at the center of, of your organization mm -hmm. and your, you know, your ministry. Mm -hmm. And you've dedicated your life and your family's life to being present on the West Side through a lot of sacrifice, through a lot of hard times. Talk to me a little bit about a victory. Talk to me a little bit about one of those good moments or those uh, those positive outcomes. Yeah. Yeah, I'll use an example of, uh, well, there's two right now that are real-time examples. Okay. Um, one of them, uh, a young woman named Cherie. Um, Sheree is a young woman that grew up in the neighborhood uh, and all of the struggles that go along with living in poverty in the West Side. And um, so and then growing up, she was involved in a variety of different ministries along, around the West Side. So the Other Way Ministries, she was involved in youth um, ministry there, good mm -hmm. partners of ours over there the other way. Yeah. Um, and the pavilion, our coffee shop that I already talked about, was very influential in her life. Because in very chaotic times in her life, that was the safe place where she could go. Mm. And she knew that whatever was going on in her life, she'd be welcome there. And it was a safe place. And so that became a place of stability in her life. Um, she moved away for a while just because of the chaos in her life. Came back. And one of the first places she came back to was the pavilion. Because she knew one of the things about um, urban ministry uh, is longevity you got to do what you do for a really long time. Uh, and so we, the, the pavilion is just a safe place for a really long time. So she came back, came back to the pavilion. We were there. She found a safe place, uh, got her feet back on the ground. Uh, long story short, um, we just hired Cherie as now our pavilion manager. That's great. So now she's on our team, making a stable income, helping provide for her family, and helping lead this ministry that was influential in her life, creating the safe space. So now uh, we have an internal advocate from the neighborhood that is now working to create that space in our neighborhood. Okay. Um, this youth center that we're working to build, uh, one of the approaches that we're doing is trying to get neighbors involved in the process. So rather than just hiring a contractor to come and do all the work. We're doing a lot of the work ourselves and trying to engage neighbors in the process. Okay. And there's a father son who's been around. They've been kind of in and out, in and out. They've had a bit of an estranged relationship. 
Um, he's a scrapper. Just I mean, that's how he makes his living is just yeah. getting scrap metal. And um, so we offered him a contract job working on it. So we've got a guy on our, on our team who's our project manager um, who's now overseeing these guys. And we've established a, a contract relationship with them. And now this father and son uh, are working together side by side, helping us out with our youth center. So these guys that, again, have grown up in the challenge of poverty mm -hmm. are helping to transform this place that used to be a place of chaos into a place of beauty. Um, and now they're a part of the transformation uh, and they're learning some skills and they're getting paid. And we're right now having some conversations about how do we sustain this after this project is done? Is there work that we can do right. or can provide for them to continue this rather than just waiting for the next handout? Yep. Well, it sounds like you're being proactive with, with this project, but also looking forward for that, that longevity, right? And it's, it's great to hear that some of the educational aspects of empowering these, these, the youth or these young students to, to learn new skills to then help grow their community is actually being lived out. Yeah. Um, I got to tell you two other, one more story. Sorry. No, you're fine. That these couple of young guys in our neighborhood, uh, we met them in middle school. They used to come into our coffee shop and, um, a lot of people, it can be very contentious. I mean, when you live in poverty, it can be very chaotic. And um, man, that chaos just spills over into everything. Mm. And um, so these guys would come in and just bring all the chaos of their lives with them. And uh, But one of the things we're committed to is just loving people where they're at and um, loving them unconditionally and indefinitely. Uh, and these guys would come in and they were adamantly opposed to anything having to do with the gospel. Um, had nothing to do, had, didn't want anything to do with actually helping us out. They just wanted to raise chaos. And, okay. um, but we just kept loving them. And um, slowly they began to realize that we actually, we don't want to fight with them. We actually just want to love them. Mm. And um, so their barriers started coming down and their walls started coming down. And um, so over probably a three year span, they've gone from, uh, just chaotic youth that are causing all kinds of chaos, even in our coffee shop. This last summer, three of them got baptized uh, at with the local church, actively involved in a local church that meets in our space. They're the first guys to show up to set up on Sunday mornings. Um, they're volunteering in our coffee shop. Um, one of them is still struggling with homelessness. Okay. And yet he shows up every single day. First one to show up for church. First one to help out at the pavilion. Uh, and they're now investing in other young people, helping kind of set that culture and raise up the next generation. So, uh, just some cool stories that happen when you invest in people for a long time. Right. Uh, and just commit to loving people. First off, that's, that's amazing. Right. You know, that's, um, it's, it's encouraging to hear those, those victories from, from the dedication of, of you and the, in the ministry and, and everyone that's volunteered on the West side. Um, you had mentioned that you guys are kind of still working on your new space. Mm -hmm. uh, you're, you're growing into a new space because there's more needs for youth and for education and for growth. Is there, are, I guess, are there ways that, you know, if, if someone's listening that they can help as far as the, the new building goes? Yeah. 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 I'd say there's some immediate ways to help and then some longer term ways to help immediately. Uh, frankly, we need money. 
So we have uh, we've been really fortunate. We've raised about seven hundred thousand okay. dollars toward about a million dollar goal. Okay. Um, we've got some other grants that are out in process right now, but we're looking in the short term by the end of the year to raise probably about another one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Okay. Uh, we've been gr uh, really grateful. We've been able to pay off the building, so we're debt free in the building, Congrats. and we've got uh, yeah, thank you. And we've got money in the bank to start the construction process, which is moving forward. Okay. Um, but yeah, we've got about $150,000 in the short term that we want to raise and then some additional beyond that. But So yeah, if there's if there's anyone listening or, or watching who feel called to support the West Side financially for mm -hmm. you know some sort of in-kind donation, they can just reach out to you. Info at, is it bsmgr.org? Yep. yep. Um, and, and feel called to, to give and help support if that's, if that's the avenue they, they want to do. Yep. Otherwise, you know, if mentor or time, that's something maybe long-term yep. that, that people can get plugged in. Or any skilled laborers okay. that want to come uh, in the next uh, couple months, we'll be doing a lot of framing, okay. hanging doors, uh, windows. Uh, we're going to start siding in a few weeks. All right. So if there's anybody, any skilled laborers that want to volunteer any labor, um, that's a huge help. That's all helps us complete the project and saves us money. Okay. Uh, so that's a way to help. And then long-term again, um, mentoring young people. Uh, again, we were looking for people to come in and just invest in young people's lives. And then beyond that, I would invite anybody to just come on down, get a hold of me. Uh, I'd love to show them around the project, show them around the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, just come on down. What other, um, areas or, or, or things are you involved in, you know, through Bridge Street Ministries? You have resurgence, you have your new spot or your new space yep. that you're, you're building or, you know, beginning to build. Um, are there other things that you're working on? Are there other yeah. things that people should know about you and the West Side and, and yeah. what you're working on? Yeah. So we talked a lot about the work that we do with youth in the neighborhood. Um, I mentioned previously, we also have a real passion to bridge, to, to build bridges and to uh, invite young people to come join us in our mission and, and learn about, uh, yeah, how to be neighbors and learn about the kingdom of heaven among the poor. And so we have a, a program in the summer called Immersion, Grand Rapids Immersion, okay. where uh, it's a really beautiful model. Uh, a lot of churches would call it a mission trip. Um, it's a little bit different than a typical mission trip. We invite uh, churches from outside the city to come and join youth from our neighborhood in a common experience uh, and do this as a whole youth group. And um, we've developed this model of learn, serve, celebrate. Okay. So whereas most of our church mission trips are focused on service, we mm -hmm. go in and do stuff for poor people. Right. Uh, one of the things we like to help people think about is what does my neighborhood have to offer you? So as especially wealthy white folks that come into poor neighborhoods, our, our typical mindset is we want to do stuff for poor people. Mm -hmm. um, and that's good hearted approaches full of compassion and mercy, and yet can have some unintended consequences that mm. can actually reinforce systems of poverty. Yep. And uh, so we've developed this model of learn, serve, celebrate. So before we serve, we take a whole day just to learn, learn about mm -hmm. the neighborhood, learn from neighbors. And I like to challenge people when they come into our neighborhood to think before you think, what do I have to offer this neighborhood? Let's think about what this neighborhood could offer me. 
Mm. What can I learn from this neighborhood? What can I learn about the kingdom of heaven from this neighborhood? Um, and when you have that lens, it's just a be- some beautiful things happen. Um, from there, then we serve and we try to serve in ways that are genuinely helpful and sustainable in the neighborhood. Okay. So getting people, and there's a variety of ways that we do that, but get students involved in projects that are sustainable and effective. And then we have a whole day of celebration where uh, when we primarily think about the brokenness of urban neighborhoods, we overlook the beauty that exists in urban neighborhoods. So embedded in every urban neighborhood, there are beautiful things to celebrate. Mm. And so we help uh, young people think about that. And then we throw big block parties and do that with the neighborhood. And so at the end of it, uh, we just have a big block party where young people from the neighborhood, young people from outside the neighborhood and neighbors are all just together celebrating and having fun and eating and sharing meals together. Mm. Uh, And then we challenge uh, youth groups to think about how can you take this and bring this with you? Mm. So how can you go back into your own community and do this? So we've developed a model that is transferable. Um, So that's um, if there's youth pastors out there or churches uh, we'd love to invite them to consider growing up as immersion okay. and come and, and take this journey with us. We do this in the summertime. You can find out more information on our website. Okay. Um, we also have uh, a bridge year or a gap year program called uh, the mm. Bridge Street Mission School. Yeah. It's an eight-month discipleship initiative where young people actually come and live with us. So it's typically a, um, that space between high school and college Uh Young people will come and do an eight-month. There's three phases to it. Um, the second phase is a two-month international phase, so they actually go to either Guatemala or India and serve there. Okay. Um, but it's similar focus. How do we be present in an urban neighborhood as followers of Jesus? How do we work to bring shalom in that neighborhood? How do we do that in healthy ways, beautiful mm-hmm. ways? How do we learn more about the character of God in, in urban neighborhoods? Um, so Bridge Street Mission School, if there's any... Uh, young people out there that are listening, that are thinking, man, I'd love to take a year of discipleship before going to college. Uh, they can find out more information on our website as well. Okay. Um, we have uh, partnerships at local colleges as well, where a place like Grace Christian University, Kuiper College, Kelvin College, they can actually earn credit at each of those through our program free oh, of charge. Great. So we've really designed it and built it as a bridge, not a break. Okay. Learn, serve, celebrate. Learn, serve, celebrate. That's awesome. Well, you know, I, I feel like we've kind of touched the tip of the iceberg, right? You know, yeah. it's, it sounds like there's there's a lot more here that we could unpack. And I think I encourage, you know, our listeners and our audience to to go check out the website. Learn a little bit, you know, take an afternoon and, and, and stop by or uh, see how you can plug in. Uh, Ryan, is there, you know, again, thank you for, for coming on the Be Electric podcast. We really appreciate you coming uh, to join us here and uh, sharing your stories and sharing some of the struggles and some of the great things that are happening here on the West Side and other things that we can improve on. Yeah. Is there, you know, I kind of want to leave it up to you, open the floor. Is there anything that you want to say or anything that you want to uh, encourage our listeners to to either act upon or to, to think about or ponder? Uh, the floor is yours. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I um, I think if people want to know more about our ministry, I'd say come on down. If you're in West Michigan, come on down. If not, um, shoot me an email. You can shoot me personally an email, ryan at bsmgr.org. Um, 
I'd love to chat with people about it. I think uh, beyond that, I'd love to for people to think about the why of what we do and encourage people to be bridge builders in a, in a culture where people are quick to be divisive. Um, share less memes on Facebook. Okay. And uh, build bridges, build relationships, and don't be afraid of the other. I think that's I think the fear of the other, whoever the other is in somebody's life. Uh, are the, I think that's the thing that creates the divides in our community. Uh, and if we can get over the fear of the other, take simple steps. Coming to our coffee shop will be a simple step for somebody to engage with the other. Safe place to just get to know people's stories and uh, hear why people care about the things that they care about rather than just trying to convince them to think like we do. Uh, so that's the heart of our ministry is building bridges, building bridges between the streets and the church, engaging followers of Jesus to be present in places of chaos and to build those bridges. So I would just encourage your listeners um, to live a life that, uh, man, works to build bridges and not deepen the divides that are, yeah, so destructive in our in our nation, in our city, in our neighborhoods, and be uh, be be a presence of shalom. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate it. Does your organization help others here in Michigan? We would love to hear from you. Let's chat about how Beist Electric can help highlight your story and the good you're doing. Contact us by visiting www.beistelectric.com backslash podcast. Subscribe and rate your listening experience so we can continue sharing the good work of organizations and nonprofits. You can find this podcast on all major streaming platforms and on our website. Thanks for listening and join us next time on the Be Electric podcast. In everything, be electric. Thank you.